jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! We're back. Where just I am, apparently. That's okay. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Hello! Oh, Anthony's here. I was adjusting my, um... Hair. <laughs> Okay. What? Nothing suspicious about that. It sounded like a lie, but all right. It's not a lie. I have hair. I have, well, actually, very little hair. Never mind. (laughs) What? (laughs) I think my brain is broken, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, wow. It it happens to me every, um, I, when seasonal change happens... Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of like jet lag for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know if, like, maybe I'm just, like, really in tune with the earth, you know? Oh, yeah, wow. And so, like, I feel the changing of the season. And then I don't know how to, like, say words or think of things, and, and then I have a lot of feelings and get headaches. It's weird. I see. I'm going to start calling you solstice. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> Namaste, Sister Solstice. Sister Solstice in my Lululemon. <laughs> Ugh, could you imagine? I don't know that uh, we would be doing this show. No offense to anyone whose name is Solstice. No offense to anyone who enjoys uh, Lululemon garb. I'm just saying. <laughs> but the day that happens... You have to take me out back behind the manor and just old yeller me. <laughs> I mean, if if it, it would be one thing if that was how you were when I was introduced to you. But if that yeah. was a, a change that you underwent, well, I have some questions at least. But you know what? On the other hand, you do you, honey. Oh, thank you. Live, love, love. Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, what if the when you when we first met? Yeah, if if you had just met me and I was like upfront with it, like, hi, my name is Solstice. I love, <laughs> I love essential oils. Um, oh no! No matter what you think, it's it, no, it looks like it, but it's not multi level marketing. <laughs> I don't think that we would jive as well, probably. Something tells me it would be slightly different. Yeah, it would be a little awkward. I think our goals would be different. Uh, the things we enjoy, well, you know, we have a lot of things in common. We do. But I, my taste would be limited to, like, bee pollen and uh, things. Flax. Things, fl- things of the apothecary uh, sort of oeuvre, you know. Placenta pate. You'd be one of those. would <laughs> be. I'm eating it right now. Uh, on Twitter, we were informed it is, in fact, a human organ. So the question yeah. from last week, it is cannibalism. Okay. I guess it's packed with nutrients, but also so is, like, a multivitamin, you know? If it's, if you can get the same thing from, like, a gummy, do you gotta eat the 
the human flesh vessel. I don't like that. No, I don't like that at all. Anyway, but that's oh, a conversation right. for last week. You know <laughs> right. what else we, we talked about last week when I mentioned that I am learning Korean. Okay. Uh. Right? And part of the reason why I'm doing this is because... Uh, I have ordered movies like DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff from Korea if the movies have not been released in the West. So many of them. So many of them. Um, and so I order them from over there. They do have English subtitles, but then the movie arrives like a month and a half later and I open it up and I'm like, what the fuck movie is this? Because it's written in Korean. <laughs> And all the menus, like, I can't, the menus, I can't navigate, because I'm like, where, do, where are the subtitles? It's just a nightmare. So I'm like, okay, and this helps. But the reason why I bring this up is because now, because of this whole process, I have learned that the Korean word for wig is kabal. <laughs> because I bought the movie Wig. And uh, so now I know. I love that. Yeah, so obviously this whole journey has been worthwhile. This, it's just, just come, it's come full circle. Mm-hmm. What is the name, what is the word? Uh, Kabal. I love It's this. impossible, I can't, my pronunciation is terrible. Pronunciation is so hard. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. I could write it down for you, but it wouldn't that's do That's incredible. Good. And yeah. that's the, that's, it's just called wig. Is that, is it's, is the Japanese one The Wig, The Haunted Wig? Is yeah. that a different movie? Yes. Yeah, this is just called Wig. Because some <laughs> movies, like, when I tr- when I look at the title and I sound it out and I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. And then I translate it and, like, it might be something completely different than what we know the movie as, you know? Yeah. But no, Wig is, it's just called Wig. So. Nothing is more perfect for you. <laughs> then, uh, then that knowing that you have a Korean movie that you had no idea what it said, and then one day you learn the word and it just says wig. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, now I can read. I've had a a movie poster for Martyrs. I've had the Korean Martyrs poster for since Martyrs came out. Yeah. I could never read it. I mean, I knew it said Martyrs, but. Now I know that it does, so. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> You've confirmed it does, in fact, have the title of the movie. <laughs> That's right. I fact, well, now I know it's just called Martyrs over there, too, you know. Yeah, it's not like, um, help, help lady in metal face cage basement. Right. It also reminds me of when, when we went on faculty and Andrew, we did the, cho- we administered the chopping block for them. And Andrea, instead of saying, I want the wig, just says, wig. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. But you know what? Our anniversary is next week. Oh my God. Honey. <laughs> I just threw up in all my pores. <laughs> Our Thank third you. birthday. Yeah. Can is you that right? Is that right? I can't believe it. It's weird because three years is like a long time, but it also, because we did like half of this show in the pandemic. Yeah. It feels like we've been doing it for a decade because this is also the only thing I do consistently (laughs) anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I say three years, but it doesn't feel like that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of us. So thank you to anyone who has stuck with us and is still listening to this. For real. Honestly. Especially the poor people that have been around for that whole time, which I know there are some, and that's just 
that's just bonkers. You have yeah. very forgiving ears and hearts and minds. Yeah. What else though? Yeah, September is going. It's zipping, which means you know what's right around the corner. <gasps> Could it be? Uh, Shocktober is right around the corner at Final Girl, my annual thing. People, some people have asked if I'm doing, once again, last year I did the, hey, people, send me in your top 20 favorite horror movies. And then I published a massive list at the end of, oh no, throughout the month, counting down everybody's favorite horror movies. That list is available on the Gaylords of Darkness website. Oh yeah, you can download that for three for free through our store. Yes, uh, if you would like that list of nine hundred and something movies, I think um, people have asked if I'm doing that again this year. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, that's too much work. Well, it's it also like yearly. I like to put some years in between installments of that particular exercise because mm-hmm. it allows for new movies to come out. Maybe your feelings change about some old favorites. Maybe you find a new favorite. So it'll be probably another couple of years before I do that again. That makes sense because then you can see a more, it say, because it was like five years bef- between the last years and the one you did before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can see, like, where are the more drastic shifts culturally. Right. Because this is, what you're doing is, is cultural anthropology. Right. You're a scientist, you know. Obviously. So, what, and, you know, another couple of years, who knows, maybe people will say, ah, oh, this movie I really loved in 2019 or whatever. I'm not so wild about it anymore. And as, like, the young folk who come in who aren't as attached to the classics necessarily. Yeah. A lot of newer horror has been moving up the list. Oh, so. no, you're going to get Fear Street on the next one. <laughs> Probably. Oh, boy. Uh, so we'll see. No, that is not in store for this year. So you got to, if you missed it last time, well, come back in a couple of years. Well, but also check out this year just to see what you're offering. You have a great plan. It's really exciting. I have a very exciting plan that will involve a shit ton of work, but that's what Shocktober's all about, right? <laughs> that's, that's the Stacy Ponder way. It's an exercise in masochism for no gain uh, whatsoever. So be sure to check back. I'm sure I'll talk about it here on the show. I can't wait for it. And you have a thing. I do. This October, um, throughout the month, actually, uh, I'm going to be premiering a brand new web series based on my show that I do in Portland here, Queer Horror. We are doing Tales from Queer Horror, and I'm so excited. It's going to be like a full-on Elvira, Tales from the Crypt kind of inspired show where you can go online, you can watch episodes, there will be hosting segments from Carla, yours ghoulie. Uh And I'm going to even have a theme song, Stacy. I can't believe it! <laughs> the theme song, does it have... I just got the theme song back from um, my musician that I'm working with, a lovely friend of mine. And he, he was like, okay, so it's a little bit Beetlejuice and a little bit Tales from the Crypt like you requested. Um, but there's all you might notice some instrumental stings that are reminiscent of the Real Housewives franchise. Perfect. <laughs> I lost my mind. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. Um, so that will be premiering in October. Also, I can't wait. Wow, we look at us making 
content. Oh, yeah. We are content providers, my friend. Content queens. Because we care about Halloween. The season. Yeah. Season's greetings, etc. Yeah. Season's bleedings. Oh, that's the spooky version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. After our last episode. No. Was it our what, last episode? What no, was the, the last episode. Last, <laughs> the last episode was the Blackwell Ghost series. Oh, that was good. I like those movies. Those are good movies. And then the week before that is what I meant to say was John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> yeah. And somebody, when we posted about that, said, Ooh, are you going to be doing space horror? And I got so excited because I love space horror. And so this week... We're talking about the skeleton key. (laughs) (laughs) Literally did get so excited for space horror and then did the Blackwell ghost and now we're doing the skeleton key. I'm not sure how we got here, but I'm not complaining. There was a, there was a classic Gaylord's fashion. There was a very discernible path to how we ended up here. That's true. And I think, you know, it started out with space horror, which turned into us Googling space horror, which turned into us realizing, like, there's a handful, and some of them are really good, and some of them are, like, awful. Most of them are awful. And it begged that question of, well, what could we say? Which then turned into me being like, well, I love Event Horizon, but that just makes me want to watch something, some overbloated prestige horror film from the similar era, like Sphere, which then got us talking about this... This moment in the late 90s, um, mid to late 90s, where horror started to have this kind of prestige flare up again. And we were getting directors and writers who were pretty well known working in horror properties. And we would get um, all-star casts in these films too. And they kind of all were terrible (laughs) and didn't really work, but they've kind of become their own weird B legacy. And... Somehow, the skeleton key entered into this equation. Yeah, it's almost its own subgenre. It, yeah, it was really interesting that, like, we were talking about... This was all off the air, obviously. But talking about how prestige horror in the 90s and into the early 2000s was, like, big-name directors, big stars, like, legit movie stars, kind of slumming it in horror and making supernatural stuff that was fine, but not good, whatever. Today... Prestige horror means art house. Yes. And people still get mad about prestige horror. Like, I mean, calling anything prestige horror, especially nowadays, it's like, it's another word for elevated horror, which is such a crock of shit. I was going to say, that's what it's called now, right? Elevated horror. Yeah. But The Skeleton Key, you know, I said, I actually really like that movie. I feel like you said you liked it as well. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's the journey of how we got here today. Yeah. We didn't settle on our Nicole Kidman, see others. We didn't settle on our uh, Robert Zemeckis and Michelle Pfeiffer's What Lies Beneath. Right. Um, I actually think The Others was good. I would I should rewatch that. But we got the skeleton key because who was in it? Uh, Jenna Rollins, maybe. A fucking queen. An icon. A legend. A Hollywood fucking legend. A full on legend. Yeah. With a shotgun. <laughs> God, it's so good. I love her so much. Um, and, you know, the 
for the for the youngins at the time who were watching this movie, Jenna Rollins was kind of there for everybody else. And for the youngins, we had Kate Hudson. I love Kate Hudson. Descendant of another legend in Hollywood royalty, the incredible mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. Kate Hudson was everywhere during this time period. <sighs> I miss Kate Hudson. I, I like miss Kate Hudson. She's, ador- she's adorable in this. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> This was interesting because I saw this came out in 2005. I didn't see it until like 2013 or something um, because I thought it was going to be, even though Jenna Rollins was in it and John Hurt, like the, the cast of this movie is pretty incredible. You thought um, it was going to be gay. I thought, gay? Yeah, like, you know, the, this gay, you thought it was going to be gay. Oh, yeah, it's a pejorative. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but seeing, so I hadn't seen it then since 2013 when I really liked it. And now thinking about doing it for this show, I said, hmm, I wonder if there's actually going to be a lot of racial politics that haven't, uh, that really don't work in mm-hmm. 2021. Yep. But, but going back and watching it, I was kind of surprised, actually. Isn't it interesting? It's interesting that it works. <laughs> it's very much, and I, I'm curious, I have questions about intent. Absolutely. I have questions about uh, impact. <laughs> mm-hmm. I sound like a DEI mediator. Um, I'm curious about how was this, because I saw this in theaters in 2005, and I'm curious, is is what what is the true source of the horror here? Mm-hmm. Is it is it what happens in the ending and this sort of twist and this this taking over of bodies? Today it reads very um, celebratory. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's almost an act of reparations in a, yep. in a sort of in a sort of way. Um, and I was very impressed. Does that not include problems? I mean, this is made by, like, all white people. Right, of course. Uh, it fetishizes to a degree, and it's um, interesting. But I, I was very shocked, not just by the material, and the subject matter, and how it kind of didn't just hold up, but I felt was sort of had a new weight to it, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. But also, as a film, it's, like, fairly competently made. And, I mean, I watched a Blu-ray, but it, it looked really nice, too. And I was like, huh, this was from 16 years ago? Oh, my God. I, I'll never say that again. I apologize. 2005, it was the era of low-rise jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and bro horror and low-rise yeah. jeans. And this was rated PG-13, which meant automatically that it was bad and worth making fun of it's gay yeah <laughs> you're bringing that back huh i'm just living in 2005 <laughs> i see yeah yeah it took me back yeah i mean a movie like this pg-13 starring kate hudson uh i think you know the era of the horror bro they're gonna denigrate it out of the gate I don't know. I still enjoy this movie. It does, absolutely has issues. And of course it is when it's like white people making a movie that takes place literally on a plantation yeah. outside of New Orleans. Uh, you're going to run into some hinky shit. But overall, I think it I think it works. Here's the thing. I'm not going to compare these two movies because one of them is a fucking masterpiece. Um but this movie and the original Candyman, to me, both really work. 
And I think what both of these films do is, yes, they're white people making films about a history of white supremacy and racism and uh, and its effects. That said, what I think both of these films do somewhat fairly well, I think Candyman might do it a little bit better, um, but how they implicate their white characters in that narrative. Yes. Um, and and it it somehow doesn't feel necessarily fragile or pandering. And yeah, I think I you haven't seen the new Candyman still, right? But Right. Yeah. What I love I the new Candyman doesn't erase the original film. It's it builds on top of it. And it does so in a way that I th- thought was really rich and expansive. Um I personally thought that. And I just yeah, I think there's something really interesting about this zone where every now and then somebody gets something right unexpectedly. <laughs> so are those are those problems with the films? I mean, innately they might be in terms of who's who gets to tell these stories and why and to what end. Um, but I think in the, both of these instances, they strangely worked out um, in the, perhaps one of the least offensive ways possible. Yeah, I don't know how much of a sort of looking at it kind of cockeyed you have to do. Because Hmm. it is the story of, like, the white heroine who is tragically murdered, essentially, Mm -hmm. by the evil spirits of the black hoodoo practitioners. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the surface of it. But also, just looking at even that surface of it, it's like, this is black revenge. Yes! (laughs) You know? And then there's a couple of lines of dialogue from them at the end of the film that I was like, oh... Maybe these filmmakers get it, or maybe they just got it by chance. Yeah, it's why it's a little wild in that respect. Like, uh, and that that's when I bring up the two thousand five viewing, and what the two thousand five audience. Not to say that there's been leaps and bounds in the last sixteen years, but I mean, I think in the last year alone, uh, America proper has begun to try to recognize, or at least make an effort towards thinking. <laughs> yeah about about these issues um and it, it it feels very much like was this supposed to be a scary bummer ending downer ending back then versus yeah today there is this there is a sort of joy of revenge and an, and an earnedness to it oh skeleton key oh skeleton key uh kate hudson stars as caroline She's a hospice aide uh, living with her, quote, roommate, Jill. (laughs) It's queer horror. Do we know that they aren't gay? We don't know that they're not gay. We don't know. She never never hooks up with the SARS guard. Exactly, which is what you would think would happen, but there's no romance. She doesn't even express an interest in him. So I say they're lezzing out. Stacy, my straight eyes. Did you not even pick up on I was like, right away. I was like, oh. Oh, no. See, this is why I'm only going to be vaguely an honorary lesbian and mm-hmm. never actually the real thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't. I just now I'm thinking about this. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's canon. No okay. interest from either of them in men. Even when they go to the bar and they go dancing together, they don't like start dancing with men. They're dancing with each other. So, gay hospice nurse. <laughs> yeah. 
she, uh, you know, she was living a wild and reckless life. And uh, her father, from whom she was estranged, uh, died while she was away. And so she has this guilt over this. And so she's become a hospice aide. But big hospital, right, doesn't really care about the patients. They're all just dollar signs. And so she answers an ad to go be a private hospice nurse at uh, this remote, in this remote parish, the swamps outside of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And she leaves her girlfriend behind. (laughs) 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 And she goes, and at this sprawling swampy plantation, we have Jenna Rollins as Violet. Oh. Uh, and she has asked Caroline to look after her husband, Ben, played by John Hurt, who's had a stroke and is mostly paralyzed and is dying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This has all been uh, set up by Peter Sarsgaard, who plays a lawyer, and uh, he's an actor who wrestles with his accent throughout the film. My God, does he ever. Terrible. <laughs> he's so... Peter Sarsgaard is so lazy. He's like watching him in movies is like what it, it, you're watching him sleepwalk. Yeah. He's so lazy. He's a very lazy actor. That's exactly the word. You're right. Hmm. Anyway. So this big plantation house, she has to give Ben his remedies every night. I love <laughs> that. I love that they're called his remedies. <laughs> I could feel you glowing from yeah. the coast. <laughs> uh, Every time it comes up, give uh, him his remedies. Double his remedies. I'm double his remedies. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Um, Caroline is given a skeleton key. Hey, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, skeleton key. <laughs> <laughs> it unlocks every door in the house except for one in the attic. That might have someone in it. Look, I'm into a horror movie attic mm-hmm. with a hidden door that might have someone behind it. Sign mm-hmm. me up. Also, this movie has uh, one of my other favorite tropes, which is the horror movie gas station. Oh, yeah. I love a horror movie gas station. Caroline stops to get some gas and she goes in. It's like, hello, is anyone here? And it's all dark and filthy and there's flies everywhere. You know how horror movie gas stations are. Nobody works there ever. No one actually works there. How does it stay open? (laughs) There's bones hanging for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, for religious reasons, Anthony. Oh, this is true. Thank you. Look at me being culturally insensitive. I'm just walking through the world with my ignorance. Lesbianically challenged. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. What happens? I don't know. (laughs) I got tired of talking about it. I got tired of recapping. (laughs) I realized how much more there was to talk about it. I just didn't feel like it. I just love that you made it that far. (laughs) And then it was just done. (laughs) Yeah. It was done. Well, all right, fine. Eventually, Caroline gets into this room in the attic, and it's full of hoodoo paraphernalia. Uh, There's a dark history to this house. You tell me this. I'm tired of talking. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a podcast. (laughs) 
These recaps can be a real drag, man. I don't write it down. We don't write down a script about a recap. That's why you do them, because you're so much better at remembering than me. Uh, well, all right, fine. So no, the, I can say what happens. Well, all the hoodoo paraphernalia is tied to the dark history of this house, which was Papa Justify and Mama Cecile, who were the servants in this house like a hun- about 100 years ago. Uh, they were hoodoo practitioners, and they really were into the idea of, like, expanding their lifespans beyond the natural end and staying alive, blah, blah, blah. They got the kids involved. Uh, There was a big party at the house and they were found out. And so all the rich white people at the party lynched and burned Papa Justify and Mama Cecile. This is the dark history. This is what's going on in that room, et cetera, et cetera. Caroline decides she's going to solve this mystery because she tries to help Ben. And at one point he's like, help me. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's like, oh, no, he's only thinks he's sick. It's psychosomatic. And also Violet is evil. And so I have to rescue Ben. And it's all her daddy issues coming up. Right. It's like she couldn't save her father, but she can save Ben. And you know it because every time she has one of those feelings, she looks at the picture of her dead dad. Exactly. Exactly. So she goes to a hoodoo store and gets some stuff and she's going to save him. And she does a spectacularly poor job of saving him, getting away. (laughs) Um, And the next thing you know, there's a thunderstorm and Jenna Rollins has a shotgun and she's after (sighs) Kate Hudson. And I'm living my life watching this, (laughs) feeling good. It's like, this is the remedy for me. These are my remedies. Stacy's remedies are uh, Jenna Rollins with a shotgun and a thunderstorm. Oh, talk about doubling those remedies. My God. So like a lot of other sort of religious, supernatural flavored horror movies, it's about faith versus faithlessness. If you believe hard enough, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that Papa Justify and Mama Cecile have extended their lifespans by taking over the bodies of these white people. What happens is you you take over the body, you kill someone else, and you, you basically earn the remainder of their life. And so they are trying to do this uh, to Kate Hudson. Yep. And in a shocking twist, Peter Sarsgaard has already been taken over. And yep. that's why John Hurt is like, help me, because he's just regular old Ben. He doesn't, there's nobody inside him but himself. It's the classic, oh, <laughs> I wish I could say the same. It's the, it's the, it's the classic um, Heart of Dimbala Chucky body swap. Right. Exactly. It's like a reverse get out. It's like a get in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, if that's not our cult terminology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, at the end of it, you know, Papa Justified and Mama Cecile win. They end up, Cecile gets into Kate Hudson's body, and Jenna Rollins is now mute and paralyzed, and the two oldies are wheeled away in the ambulance, and Kate Hudson and Peter Sarsgaard are going to live life. Yep. Uh, Mama Cecile goes on to smoke cloves another day. (laughs) That's right. There's a really incredible moment at the end as the like, as the movie is winding down and 
like we're gonna head to the credits and there's no more dialogue and it's like this like hip-hop beat kicks in just as we're seeing Jenna Rollins and John Hurt in the ambulance and so it's just like these two old people who can't talk are laying on their gurneys like and then it's like and it's just there's a dissonance there that's really wonderful it just does it for you it really does um but I will say at the end when the jig is up and you know we know who's who when Kate Hudson, Mama Cecile, says to Papa Justify, like, I told you I wanted a black one this time. Yeah. And he says, you know the black ones never stay. Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Expressly stated, no, black people are smarter than this. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike these white people that will get into messy little mysteries and have to solve it and try to conquer it. She's got to save the day, right? She's got to save the man. She's got to solve the mystery. She's got to kill the evil. She's got to, you know, be the hero of the story. Which is great because Jenna Rollins as Mama Cecile, she's fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Um, She, 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 you love getting to watch her kind of, you don't know when she's just like, I mean, in the beginning of the film, she's, you know, very strict set, set in her ways, Southern Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, and as it goes on, we're supposed to think like, oh, is she kind of doddering in these certain moments? Oh, what is she doing? And it's all a ruse to mislead Kate Hudson into this scenario. They even say like, you know, oh, it was, it, it, that was really hard. It took a long time to get her to believe. And kids these days, people these days, you really have to make them believe. So she, they had to set up all of these situations to convince her, um, Jenna Rollins will take a page out of the spell book and it says the conjuration of protection or whatever. And she knows that Kate Hudson is going to get that and think that she just got an in to help protect herself. She doesn't realize that the spell is actually going to work to Jenna Rollins' benefit. So she's constantly analyzing these. They're constantly analyzing these white people and one, they're choosing what will work out one step ahead at a time. And it also, the ending also... Because when Kate Hudson shows up, Jenna Rollins is like, no, I don't want her. Send her away. And it's like at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, we realize why. It's like, because she's just another basic white girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's and it's been established that there was one previous caretaker who came in and was there for like a day and then went home and left. Yeah. And they, she's a black woman. They go and find her. Lazy SARS guard takes Kate Hudson and Caroline over to meet her. And she's like, oh, my mom told me about that place. You just don't go there. Yeah, it's got a bad history. Yeah. End of story. Kate Hudson, though, is like, I gotta get into this room. I gotta rummage through these these hoodoo records. I gotta go to the, to the laundromat and get the secret spell. I gotta get that key. I gotta sneak the old man out. Mm-hmm. You're right. She's trying to save the day. Yeah, there's no reason for her to... I mean, I also would be really super curious about what is in the room in the attic. Because oh, yeah. it's the one locked door. But even when she gets in and there's all this weird hoodoo shit, it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not your business. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. there's nothing sinister at that point to anything. Except like, yeah, this is some weird stuff. But then if Jenna Rollins is like, I don't know, that door's been locked the whole time I've been here. Yeah. Okay, but she's got to go nosing in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I was just surprised. And I, I would like to know how, if people were like, ooh, the scary black ghosts. 
Yeah. To have killed the incredible basic white lesbian heroine. I don't know, because I just totally, like, this time I just totally read it the other way. Yeah, it felt, it, the fact, the fact, too, that, like, there's, there, there's levels of poetic justice, um, starring Janet Jackson. There's, like, levels of that built into this, where I remember as a, when I was younger and I saw this in the theater, I remember that was kind of the joy of the twist, is that you realize the, you realize the implications of the rest of the story to build up to get you to this point that you're at now to this ending so with um with when you think back to that flashback of the party and how the party guests were all looking for the kids because the kids m- went missing and they find them upstairs in the circle with the, with the with mama cecile and papa justify and then they grab mama cecile and papa justify and they take them out and lynch them um and the kids are watching and you think the kids are just kind of horrified or they're being introduced or indoctrinated to this this you know ongoing lineage of white supremacy what you realize in the ending was oh they just killed their children Mm -hmm. these white people who were thought they were they were paying it back and protecting protecting whiteness protecting their children protecting their plantation and their investments their their things they literally just hung their kids up and set them on fire and hanged them um, because of the body switch. And that was Mama Cecile and Papa Justify are watching an alternate reality of what would have happened to them in that moment. Mm-hmm. You could argue that swapping bodies with children and then letting them be burnt and lynched is a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but in the saga of reclaiming one's time and joy... This is true. Remedying remedying thank you doubling your remedy through an act of hoodoo based one might say revenge another might just say reparations um it's there's a weird kind of place of joy in there i think oh sure it's twisted i mean it's like well kate hudson does not seem to be a racist right she's that's the thing is like what was the again the intent is like it seems to be one way but also it's like you can look at it as just like oh they did body swap with the children they deserved what they got uh and then kate hudson is so nice and she wants to help and she does good work and is this hospice aid and etc etc and so it's uh, was the intent to paint cecile and justify solely as villains I don't think so. I think with that ending, I don't know. I just didn't read it that they were just solely villains. Yeah, no. It's 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 interestingly. I mean, oh my god, I'm not gonna say this movie is intersectional, am I? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> but it's beginning to dabble in some sort of intersectional thinking. Right. Both can be true. Shocking, I would say, for 2005, which is so recent in the scheme of things, but also like. Dude, this is the era of Mother of Tears and Hostel. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And this is like a, this is a, this was a, a weird kind of throwback to prestige horror, uh, small Southern Gothic ghost story kind of thing. And it's mindful. And it's mindful. It's well made. It's well acted, except for the Sarsgaard. 
it's 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 very very weird it's it i i'm impressed by the thoughtfulness of the screenplay um aaron kruger wrote this aaron kruger also wrote (laughs) scream three and four uh so i would not think that he would have the capability for infusing that kind of depth into a film scream three it, yeah. there, it, there's stuff there but it's played for laughs and I don't know if that's just because it was Scream and it had to be super meta and it had to be funny jokey but it's got that whole like proto me too shit running all through it oh yeah mm. I don't want to give him more I don't want to give him more credit than he deserves I mean I'm it sure. has that kind of built into it but while it simultaneously blames Marine. Like, it's proto-Me Too, but from the wrong end, I think. Um, but it, it does try to acknowledge... You're right, it does... Scream 3 does try to acknowledge that there is a history of Weinsteinian behavior in Hollywood. There is a whole legacy of that that was unconfronted for so long. And is I think, you know, we can all say probably Me Too is over now. Um, everything's reset back to how it was. Uh, but But I think... Hmm. Yeah, I guess he does have capability with it. I mean, this film kind of shows that. It was also five years. I mean, without speaking to him or hearing him speak, you're not going to be able to to say. But it's like, I don't know, maybe he's well-intentioned. So, Stacey Ponder, beloved uh, defender of Eric <laughs> Look, Kruger. he put lesbians in this one, okay? <laughs> it's like if you, between Kate Hudson as... Um, as lesbian hospice nurse and with her girlfriend her hot roommate jill her hot roommate jill it's very much he he took clarice starling with ardelia and then he took berna he took helen and bernadette who were both shared by casey lemons and he combined them and he came up with caroline (gasps) Caroline and jill jill Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. The Boston marriages of the horror genre. <laughs> I'm in! All this film was missing was Casey Lemons to seal the deal. That's true. She should have been Jill. She should have been Jill. Look, you give me a Boston marriage with a couple of hotties and you throw in Jenna Rollins with a shotgun. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Okay, but that begs the question, why is John Hurt in this film? I know. Oh, help me. Like, that's it. (laughs) That's his one line. Like, Jenna Rollins, fucking legend, she gets to do a lot. She gets to chew the scenery. She gets to deliver a, another classic role in her, in her, ooh. Yeah. John Hurt is also a very respected, legendary, a very established actor. Um, and all he does is like get a ba- a bath scene. Yeah, like, he gets a, he gets a lot of baths. He gets some nudity. He falls off a roof. <laughs> he, he chokes I, on words. I did wonder, like maybe a third of the way into this, I was like, they could have saved some money. Yeah, like he could be anybody. Even Peter Sarsgaard probably couldn't have fucked up that role. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he he would have had to blink just slightly less. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, because for all intents and purposes, this character is it, it's Jerry Blank's father, right? Like it's Guy Blank. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, they could have got the actual actor that played Guy Blank to be John Hurt in this, and I I don't understand why why they got an actor so so respected as John Hurt to, to not get to do anything in this film. But I guess it just, it adds to the air of the, the, the prestige. The right? prestige, right. Prestige. Like, everybody at this point, the four main characters there are all names. So. Yeah. Sarsgaard is terrible. Uh-huh. Um, I have such a, I've been over this on the show. I think I talked about this on Orphan. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. And I hate that I'm attracted to him. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's not even like, it's not even like he's cute. <laughs> like, yeah. there's just something about it. It's an attraction fueled purely by hate. Okay. I think it was because he got naked in Kinsey and I saw that when I was just slightly younger. It was a formative dong. It was a formative dong, and he kissed Liam Neeson, and none of those things do it. It's not like I'm here for Liam Neeson or Peter Sarsgaard, but maybe that was it. I think you protest Peter Sarsgaard a little too much. I think you just, you have to lean into it. He doesn't deserve it, <laughs> I don't think, because I went to the orphan press junket, and he was rudely chewing his ice while other people were answering questions and i thought can you deal with not having the attention on yourself while isabel Furman talks please sir so i've held a grudge ever since I sure was. Were you just waiting for her to untie that ribbon the whole I time? I had my eyes on her neck the whole time. <laughs> she has a re- she has a restraining order now. <laughs> I was like, no, it's nothing weird. I'm just waiting to see if your head falls off. <laughs> I just want to see you take just off that see. ribbon. Take off that ribbon. She's like, I'm not wearing a ribbon. <laughs> You're wearing a flesh colored ribbon, aren't you? <laughs> you can't fool me, little girl. We should see if she's on cameo and ask her to take off her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he sounds terrible. That's the thing. He's just so even in Orphan. I love seeing. But well, well, that was him in Orphan, right? Yeah, you just confirmed mm-hmm. it. You hit the press junket. <laughs> I love. He sleeps. He slept through that whole movie too. Yeah. He just sleeps through movies. So he has. He's lazy. He's got that lazy accent. Yeah, uh, so it's up, really bad. Really, it's bad. real bad. It's real bad, and it's up to so it's up to Kate Rowland. Kate Rowlands. <laughs> okay, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to Kate Hudson and Jenna Rowlands to carry this movie, and luckily they are both incredibly well equipped. Absolutely. So. Do I Absolutely. love them? Yes. Yes. Do yeah. I love an action scene of them fighting? Oh my god. It's the stuff dreams are made of, Anthony. Like, I know, I know I will only and always just be like a vaguely honorary lesbian, but were all of my, all of those senses tingling when they were like slamming each other into walls and I was having flashbacks to Kate Blanchett doing the same to Judy Dench on Notes on a Scandal? <laughs> uh, and oh, the second. The second Kate Hudson throws her off of the rail and she falls down, you see Jennifer Rollins falling down the stairs. Uh, it's, it's just, it, I mean, it's very well done, too. And then when she, like, comes crawling afterwards, like, I think you broke my legs. I'm, so, I'm so into it. It's so good. It's so good. This movie's a lot of fun, I think. 
Yeah, I was very, I was very pleasantly surprised. I did not expect this movie to hold up. I was very shocked to say I don't just think it it held up. I think it actually kind of improved with age. Yes. Um, because it was no longer to be viewed against the rest of the canon of its of the the time of its creation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen it for a while, check it out. You might be pleasantly surprised. Definitely pleasantly surprised because it was a, uh, ooh, how's this gonna be now? Mm-hmm. Also, it gave us the line when when Lazy Sarsgaard gets too close to her and she's general and just goes, remove your perspirations. Yeah. <laughs> lot of great lines in this when she's like i bet they don't have gardens in new jersey and kate hudson says actually it's the garden state and she says i doubt that very much (laughs) so good so good fucking legend yeah well who would have thought i'm really genuinely shocked that i really enjoy the skeleton key Mm. i mean it's pg-13 so so it's gay. Don't admit in public that you like it, but. <laughs> Especially not back then. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Well, Stacy, what a journey we have been on. Um, Truly. Are you ready to trace your way back past the red brick dust and place your head on the chopping block? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I am. Well, then it's on. Oh, good. I'm ready. Ooh, the chopping block. What is it, you ask? You didn't ask. Nope. I know what it is. You, well, then do I even have to tell anybody? <laughs> what if they're new? Okay, the chopping block is our question and answer game here on Gaylords of Darkness. We present each other with three separate categories to choose from. You pick your category, and then you are presented with five questions that you have to answer. You have ten seconds to answer each question unless you call out, I want the wig, in which case... Laurie Strode's wig from the 1980... It's Jamie Lee Curtis's wig. Is it Jamie Lee Curtis's wig or Laurie Strode's wig? It's Jamie Lee... <laughs> if Laurie Strode was wearing a wig, that just adds a whole oh. other layer to the film that I'm she... here for. Could you imagine? That's her big secret. Take off her wig and her head falls off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the twist in Orphan 2! <laughs> yeah. That's Laurie cool. Strode is someone there for some reason. Laurie Strode is also it. Oh wow! So anyway, so Laurie Strode's wig, which we don't even know exactly <laughs> what that looks like just yet, but Laurie Strode's wig descends upon your head uh, and confuses the heads. They are non-binary executioner and wins you an additional ten seconds to answer your question. Uh, if you get anything wrong at any point. You're dead. You're donezo. It's over. If you get them all right, congratulations. May God smile upon you and your progeny for generations to come. Ew. I know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The 700 Club is in session, I guess. (laughs) Hey! 
Hey, come on. <laughs> Tammy, Tammy Faye's back. She's hot right, right now. She's it's hot all, right now. It's all. I just don't know what to think. I need someone to tell me who saw that movie. Is it good? <sighs> it looks like a clown show. It does look like a clown show. Is it going to. This is the thing. Is it? Is it like. Is it one of those, like, uh, remember when Jennifer Aniston made that movie Cake, where it's like, oh, oh. no, she has, like, scars on her face or whatever. And you <laughs> know she thought she was going to, like, this is going to blow everybody away. Oscars, she didn't get nominated. She didn't even get nominated. So I just wonder if that's the case with this, or is it going to be an incredible performance, whatever, whatever. I I, it seems like they're going for all of that, and I just don't know. It, and we love on this show. We have sang the song of Chastain many Absolutely. times. Absolutely, love her. Love her as the lesbian sadist in Crimson Peak icon. Even, even though she's not gay by any means, but we know she should be. <laughs> yeah. We know she should be. But this just looks like Clown Town, man. It really does. So if you saw the movie. Because you were at TIFF, Alex, West. <laughs> Please message me and let me know how, how it was. Yeah. How was it? So anyway, yes, I'm feeling, I am feeling Christ's love, Stacy. Thank oh my you. God. Could you imagine? What if oh, I wasn't Solstice and I just went full 700 club, full focus on the family? I would be shocked. I would have a lot of questions. And I'd have a question. I'd be like, Stacy, have you been saved? Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. I would have a lot of questions. I'd have a lot of questions. Yeah. So. Anyway. Anyway, wow. Well, that's, that's helping block. That's a sliding door for another clue. <laughs> uh, I feel like you, you should. What? <laughs> this is you. Picking up your dowsing rod to decide who. <laughs> I feel like you should be asking me first. Oh, that works that for right? me. Is that right? That that's how I know, feel. Your feeling is valid, and I am um, going to support you in that feeling, and I'm oh, going to feel that feeling with you. Thank uh, you. You have three old categories today. Oh, okay, that's right. I have been, these categories have been languishing in the back of my, my eye notes. So you're going to get a fire sale today of a few oldies. If I didn't want them then, I'm sure I want them now. <laughs> I, I know how to get someone excited, all right? This is my carnival barker charm selling you. <laughs> Lots of old moldy shit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got this laugh. Do you want this? Uh, okay. So your three categories, in honor at least of the setting of the skeleton key, uh, in name alone, you get returning category one, Cajun Blackened Queens. Mm. In which you have to name a charred crispy queen as described by her accoutrements. So a lot of women in horror films who are villains tend to be set on fire. Um, not all of them are villains, but a lot of great queens tend to be set on fire in films. In this category, I describe, like, three different items that would be associated with these characters. And you have to guess which Cajun blackened queen they correspond to. Does that make sense? Sure. 
Okay, thank you for going along with that. Um, your next category, category two, I jumped a few years ahead from where we were at because I was too lazy. This Obviously, this is a 2005 film. But this category is 789, in which I name a movie, you tell me whether it came out in 2007, 2008, or 2009. Oh my god. It's, you don't have to go with that because you have a whole other third category, which mm. is which, which is which once more. In this, you have to name the witch or the film about witches that is described. So, your categories are Cajun Blackened Queens, 7, 8, 9, or which, which is which once more. I'm going to go Cajun Blackened Queens because Ooh! I'm hungry. I am too. <laughs> and it's making me think of, well, food. Yeah. Your Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. You get that Cajun Blackened Salad at Applebee's. <laughs> That's right, my Cajun Blackened Tofu. Yeah, you'd love it. Sure do. You get that dollar apple teeny with it. Mm. <laughs> no offense to any Applebee's that are listening. <laughs> oh, uh, as an identity? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, in their Twitter bio, Applebee's. <laughs> I, am, I am an Applebee. Um, Applebee, Apple, Applebee. Apple, apple, <laughs> <no. laughs> oh, is that the Applebee's pronoun? <laughs> Applebee, Apple Bim. (laughs) (laughs) They should do that for Pride Month. As a condemnation of of the corporatization of pride and of identity (laughs) politics, if Applebee's doesn't next Pride Pride Month change their bio to include their Applebee-centric pronouns, (laughs) Applebee, Apple Bim... Then, honestly, to not do so would be homophobic. Ow, hate crime. 100%. (laughs) Okay, so... uh, (laughs) In this category, Stacey, (laughs) all you have to do is name the charred Krispy Queen. I'm going to describe, like, three items... For you, okay. and you tell me which one it associates with. You can tell me the name of the queen herself if you can't remember the name. Joan of Arc. <laughs> well, I needed a trigger warning for being burnt at the stake. Sorry. But, <laughs> um, wow, I feel really attacked. But yes, just like that. Okay. Uh, you could, if you need to, you could also name the film should you not remember the name. But I think oh. I'm pretty sure you're going to get all of these. Okay. All right, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cajun Black and Queens, number one. Leather jacket, wedding dress, shovel. Oh, uh, Christine. Is it Christine? Chris, say more. Chris, say more. <laughs> Christine. The car? No, from the convent. Obviously, it's wrong. From the convent. Wait, does she have a... No, wait, she's alive. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
make that leap i thought you were talking about the car no how did i get that so wrong christine is um adrian Adrian barbo (laughs) yeah who is who is now not set on fire in jackets you would be a winner i i was like <laughs> i said to myself wedding dress doesn't make any sense she doesn't have a shovel she has a gun but then my mouth <laughs> said it anyway you were like so on it too you're like oh 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 christine <laughs> yeah and in a nanosecond my brain was like no no don't do it that's wrong one of the three things only my mouth was like you know what i do what i want to do yeah she did (laughs) she did and here i am i'm fanning myself yeah so am i i'm actually embarrassed oh wow i've turned red for you (laughs) well yeah yeah so adrian barbeau does not end up in on fire or dead in the convent she does die Spoiler alert. But she does not get uh, torched. Nope. The answer we were looking for with the leather jacket and the wedding dress and the shovel with parentheses has been cooked or set on fire (laughs) is Tiffany and Bride of Chuck. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, if you want the right answer, I guess. (laughs) I mean, if we're we're getting real philosophic about it. Yeah, it's all... I only want the correct answer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> gatekeeping. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Phenomenologically gatekeeping you. Gatekeeping. Okay. Wow. Suppress the lesbian. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Didn't expect you to be homophobic, but here we are. <laughs> oh, I'm a Christian now. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You really are a Christian now. <laughs> Wow. Um, this is... Uh, all right. Well, it's your turn. Oh, I'm so scared. Yeah. So, uh, correct answers only, please, okay. to one of the following three categories, two of which are old. Mm. Your first old category is 112 Ocean Avenue. Oh! <gasps> In which case, I name an item that is associated with an Amityville film. You tell me the name of the film. They're all Amityville films. Oh! Old category number two, in honor of Jenna Rollins, who has only received an honorary Oscar. For real? For real. Uh, This category is called And the Oscar Goes To. In which I name a horror movie character, uh, the performance for which an actress was nominated for Best Actress. You tell me the name of the actress or the movie. I give you the the character name. You tell me the actress or the movie. 
And they these were actually nominated for Oscars. Nominated and or won an Oscar. Okay. Okay, great. And your new category is name where that tune came from. In which I give you the name of a track from a horror movie score. You tell me the movie from whence it came. Now these are the there's clues in the titles. Okay, it's not like the name of the song is well, I don't know Summer Breeze, <laughs> and it's from Candyman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's it's got Philip something. Philip Glass's to... Summer Breeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the names of these tracks give a clue to the movie. It's not that so hard. like March of the Babadook. <laughs> exactly. Or it might be like my old top hat. Yeah. yeah. And it would be from the Baba Duke. And I say Christine. <laughs> Just say Christine and you'll get it. Okay. <laughs> so category one is 112 Ocean Avenue. And the Oscar goes to. And name where that tune came from. Okay, wait. The Oscar goes to. I say. I can say the film or the actress. Sure. I feel generous today. Oh, I really want to do the Amityville, but I also, like, I just am thinking of all these incredible queens that have graced us throughout horror and how much I love them. And I want to pay tribute to them because I'm just so upset on behalf of Jenna. And don't you feel like in, like, like, Memento Mori, don't you want Jenna Rollins and Toni Collette to just appear in the skylight and kill us all in retribution? (laughs) Yeah, I want to, I want to, in honor of them, I want to... Do that. Actresses, please. Okay, and the Oscar goes too. So I give you a character name. You tell me the actress or the movie. Nominated or won. Yeah, these are all performances that were either nominated or they were nominated and won an Oscar. Okay. Okay? Okay. You can name the actress and the movie if you're feeling saucy. Okay. (laughs) Number one. Wow. Number one, Annie Wilkes. Oh, uh, that's uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Number two, Clary Starling. <laughs> <laughs> you shame me. Uh, Jodie Foster, Sons of the Lambs. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Number three, Nina Sayers. I want the wig because I know this. I fucking know this. Nina Sayers. Nina Sayers. What is that from? I know this. Okay, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that. It's not that. Nina? Chop, chop, chop. No, really? See, I got you all confident with Clary Starling. Oh, Nina Sayers? Wait, Nina Sayers. That's not the bad seed. It's, um, because they were Pinmark. No, Nina Sayers. Nina Sayers. Nina Sayers. Who's Nina? What is that? That is Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Oh, oh, God damn it. Yep, I knew that I had heard that name a thousand times. Yeah. Oh, I never would have remembered that. I knew I knew that name, though. Now, aren't you so happy that you've been saved? You float up to heaven while I stay down here and rot. 
Congratulations. The See benefits the... of Christ love. This is, this is that's a big benefit. As I just lay here. Uh, bye, Anthony. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Better luck next time to both of us, I guess. This is true. We did poorly. <laughs> we did very, very poorly. <laughs> did Natalie Portman win? Didn't she win for that? She won for that. She did win for that, right? She deserved it. Yeah, she was great. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, she didn't do her own dancing. Oh, well, take it away. Take the <laughs> Oscar away. <laughs> wow, wow. We're good at the chopping block. Super Wait, good. Wait. Definitely deserve to uh, talk about horror movies every week. <laughs> deserve. <laughs> deserve. Karmic debt. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anybody can start a podcast. So, GameWizAbengus.com. <laughs> I'm just saying. We all deserve to have a horror podcast. Do we? No, well. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. You're doing it so well, though. Oh, sure. You're doing it with it's a joie. There's a joie de vivre about uh, it. Then, well, that's true. A reckless abandon, you might say. Yes. Um, next week is our special anniversary, honey. <laughs> oh, God, I quit again. <laughs> We're going to go to the Poconos. <laughs> Wait, uh... what? <laughs> what the What's a Poconos? I mean, I don't want to explain. Is this like your Goya beans? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Poconos? Someone out there gets the reference, okay? Is it like a is it is it like a medieval times? Like it's a restaurant? No, it was a resort in uh, New York State, and it was oh, supposed really? to be rom- like for romantic getaways and the such. This type of place <gasps> that had like heart shaped beds in the honeymoon suite. Yeah, yeah. We can get our heart shaped bed or. The bed with the coin slot that you put the money <laughs> yeah. in, and it yeah. and it it quote unquote vibrates, aka okay, just jostles you around. Yeah, so it was like one of those things. You know, they had activities and such. It was for like uh, middle class white people to, you know, mm-hmm. activities. They say, yeah, activities, mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. sports, and the such. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Anyway. A honeymoon destination, I suppose. But not a swingers club? Uh, That might have been incidental, yeah. I don't know. Not a purposeful swingers club. It was when, like, resort culture was big, right? Yeah. That used to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, So next week. We're doing that. We're doing that, I guess. I can't believe it. We have, we have a, we'll have a couple exciting things for you all next week in honor of the the third year we will yeah <laughs> can't wait to find out what they are well it's just like uh, one extra thing <laughs> but y'all, y'all will find out when that episode drops i guess and I apparently will too. So will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited to find out <clears throat> oh well uh in the meantime you know gaylordsofdarkness.com as always yeah, you know what a great anniversary gift is, is to leave us a nice little uh, rating and review on the iTunes or wherever you listen to this. That'd be fun. Wow. Yeah. We're registered at Target. <laughs> uh, 
anyway. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god! god. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, 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 ha.